electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people want to make friends, I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. We're now in the grips of an inflation scare that has put a chokehold on the growth stocks. And it's been a nightmare for tech. This morning, it felt like we'd have still yet another ugly session for tech. Then we got this reprieve when interest rates took a breather for an ugly close, with the Dow ultimately finishing down 470 points. S&P declining 0.48%. NASDAQ did manage to rebound 0.56%, and that is important. See, not, not everything can rally. When rates tumble, like today, the big industrials lose their momentum, hence the decline in the Dow. But at least the cloud, the semis, the cybersecurity stocks can climb out of the hole that they're in and lead the NASDAQ into a rare patch of green. In other words, we rolled back the reflation trade for another day. However, after a crazy year full of unprecedented action, we're finally dealing with something normal here. I've gone over the last half dozen of these inflation scares, and I think the closest analog is the one we got from December 2015 through February 2016. Back then, the economy was heating up. Our economy is heating up. Our previous Fed chief, now Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, let us know that it was time. It, it, the economy was too strong. It had to raise rates. It had to raise the federal funds. Then is now the most highly valued stocks, the ones that trade on their sales, not on their earnings, got absolutely annihilated for weeks on end. Emphasis on weeks. And remember, we're only like week two. Of course, there's a big difference. Our current Fed chief, Jay Powell, has decided to upend more than 40 years of monetary policy. Ever since the late 70s, the Fed has been ruthless about crushing inflation, even if they have to cause the occasional recession in the process. But Jay Powell believes we're underestimating the risks of high unemployment and overestimating the risks of inflation. That was true even before the pandemic, and it's doubly true now. To a lot of people in Wall Street, though, that's just heresy. They don't trust the man. See, you got bond sellers all over the place betting that Powell will have to change his mind because the economy is going to get strong. As they see it, we're about to get a huge stimulus package that will hit right as America reopens for business because of the vaccines. So they think the economy must overheat. Therefore, we must have inflation, serious inflation. And inflation is a nightmare for people who own bonds. I mean, who wants a piece of paper that pays 1.5 percent when inflation could break 2 percent? You're losing every day. 
And that's why these people have been dumping bonds and their wholesale selling always smashes the stock market. Remember, stocks are valued based on their future earnings streams and inflation erodes the value of these future earnings, which leads me to my game plan for next week. Now, normally, you know, I'm Mr. Chronology, right? I like to do it chronologically, but we're going to go right to the chase on Friday. We get this. It's the Labor Department's non-farm payroll report. And if this shows a big uptick in employment, then rates are going to shoot higher again. They're going to challenge. We call these the bond vigilantes. They're going to challenge Jay Powell. And they're going to say, you know what? We don't believe you. You're going to have to raise rates and we're selling bonds and therefore stocks will go lower. It's a new month. And that's positive for money coming in. It's a light earnings calendar, but what matters is that 8.30 Friday number. So I'm going to be asking you to be very careful trying to play the earnings next week. You can get all of these numbers right and get this wrong, and, well, let's just say you may not get the returns you'd like. With that giant caveat in mind, on Monday we get results from one of my absolute favorite companies, and it's Zoom. A year ago, this was the hottest stock in the universe. Lately, it's been stalled, but it's still up 10% for 2021. I bet Zoom can deliver still one more blowout quarter. They have a lot of different things in the pipeline, too. But the question is, will it matter? Will anyone care? I mean, Zoom's a lockdown story, right? And lockdowns come to an end. I think they surprise the upside and give you a roadmap to the future that shows there's a lot more to Zoom than lockdown. Will anyone care? I'm not quite sure. We know the Wall Street bets crowd, they, they're, they're on the hunt for the heavily shorted stocks where they can engineer a squeeze, right? Isn't that like the kind of MO? Well, that means they might be game to crush the short sellers in a company called Lemonade, as 11% of this artificial intelligence-powered insurance broker shares are sold short. Now, that's not enough for real squeeze, but it's certainly enough for the Wall Street bets people to be able to diversify away from GameStop, uh, GameStop, AMC, GameStop, GameStop. Tuesday morning, we hear from Target, and this market hasn't exactly been kind to the big box retailers lately. People would much rather bet on non-essential chains that were forced to shut down last year because they'll now be able to put up fantastic year-over-year comparisons. But if any of the big box plays can pull away from the pack, it's going to be Brian Cornell and Target, simply because the stores just keep getting better and better. But after the close, we get exactly the kind of retailer that was hobbled last year and has now reopened Nordstrom. I think the stock's gotten too cheap to ignore, and it's universally hated, even as a lot of a there. Wednesday kicks off with a stock that caught a double downgrade the other day. Ooh, buy to sell. I'm talking about Dollar Tree. I happen to like going to Dollar Tree. Like Target, this is another essential retailer that will be up against some very tough comparisons for the next few months. That said, Dollar Tree, remember, you got a huge share of stimulus checks coming. They had a nice percentage of them last year. So I don't want to bash it too much. Maybe it's going to have come down enough. Let's be careful, though. The dollar stores are all for sale. Wendy's reports, too, and that stock's been drifting lower, despite what I expect will be good same-store sales, not just because my wife loves that double Baconator. I happen to think it has some calories. She's been fooled. Now, I want you to be careful. Wendy's has been known to trade down initially on good numbers before rebounding. So I'd say wait until you see the whites of the seller's eyes. All right, here's one that everyone, this is the talk of of them all. Yeah, American Eagle Outfitters. I bet it's got some excellent lift from its airy division. That's spelled A-E-R-I-E just to date myself. I'd actually take a swing at this one. This is the one. I mean, look, if L Brands can get up to 70, come on, this one can do it. Oh, here's one that might be the ultimate litmus test of the bond market's tyranny over stocks. One of my favorites, Snowflake. This smart data warehousing play is the fastest growing company right now that I follow. But it won't mean a thing if it ain't got that bond swing. Pretty good, huh? 
You have to take your cue from bonds before you can decide if it's worth buying. If bond yields start soaring again next week, Snowflake could shoot the lights out and it might not matter. And that's run by Frank Slootman. And I think it's an amazing company. Thursday morning, Kroger reports some real skepticism about whether it can deliver a good quarter. And Aaron downgrade the other day posited the competition. Labor costs might be too much for them. So I think you should sell Kroger. After the close, we hear from Costco. This one's tough because everybody's selling this one. Now, we own it for a charitable trust. We've owned it for a very long time. It's been clobbered. I feel awful when I look at it because it's a great company, but the stock has not had an ounce of momentum upward since they paid that $10 special dividend. Plus, it has a habit of swooning right after reports. So here's what you want to do. If you want to own Costco, you wait till after they report. They talk about their guidance. Rich Clancy's amazing. The CFO, he's my fave. For the record, if you don't own Costco and it gets hit, would you just buy a little for me? When, it gets, when we get to Friday, if the employment number's wrong, because then you're going to be able to own Costco for the next decade. Finally, yes, we do have the employment number. If we get any strength here at all, any strength, please brace yourself for another tsunami of selling as interest rates go higher and stocks go lower. Without an ugly set of numbers, the growth stocks are in trouble. Okay, here's the bottom line. I don't know if the growth names can withstand the pain, but today's session did give us a glimmer of hope that they can still rack up some gains, even if in the midst of an inflation scare. But if you don't like the pain and you believe in my 2015-2016 analogy, it's fine. You might want to use moments like this in the NASDAQ, take some profits and get ready for a swoon into Friday and be ready to buy stocks like Costco. Okay, I want to go to Amin in Washington. Amin. Booyah, Jimmy Chill. Booyah, my friend. What's happening? Um, hey, Jim. I was just calling in regards to BYND. I had a couple of questions for you. Sure. Um, not, too, not too long ago, they had a partnership with PepsiCo. The stock surged approximately 30% upon the news, and I bought some shares. Um, the past few days, the stock price has been mellowing out, and I just wanted to ask, should I hold my position? I want you to buy some. Here's why. Let me give you the brief on this. They happen to have a substantial food service division. And when the economy reopens, that business is going to be great. In the meantime, they're doing well in the supermarket. And let me just be really clear. They don't have GMOs. And this younger generation, they're not like us. They're not fooled. If they see GMO, they don't like it. And Beyond Meat has no GMO. And I like it. And I like Ethan Brown. I want to go to Brian in New Jersey. Brian! What's up, Jim? Eh, not much, you know, a little rehab. How about you? First time caller, first time booyah, Jim. I like that. Initial need your, booyah. Need your help, Jim. Oh, I'm here. Up. My, my broker's spitting out kidney stones as we speak. I'm stuffing my, stuff my face with those sloppy Joe sandwiches down in Milburn. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, my God. I need your help. Oh, my God. You know, that line is so bad. You know, it's like I, when I was with Haley last time I was in the line, I, I didn't get the sandwich right. And everyone was looking at me like, what is he doing? So I get that. What's the stock? Alibaba, ticker B-A. Oh, look, Alibaba's B-A. come back down. It was a 260. You know, when David Faber found uh, Jack Ma, right? Who did he find? We found Jack Ma. What? It was like 212. Then it went up to 267. It's coming down now. It's it's in your sweet spot. It's as good as the sloppy Joe that if you don't mind, I'd like one uh, and I want extra pickles. Okay. Can we have David in New York, please, David? Hey, Baba Spackalicious Booyah to you. I've been watching your show since you first started. Love what you do for the small-time investor. Thank you. They had rabbit ears back then. I'm not kidding. When I started the show, we had rabbit ears. Go ahead. Yeah, I remember it. It was great. Uh, my question is in regards to EV Box Group, the EV charging specialist that agreed to go public. Yes. To emerging with a SPAC TPGY. I like playing it because it's another way of playing the EV craze. I mean, the EV craze, which hasn't gotten loud yet. But since you last recommended it as one of your favorite SPACs, 
There was news that Coach Investment is uh, announcing a partnership with them right. because they think they're going to be a global leader in EV charging stations. I now, think it's good, but it's, remember, this group is for sale. Everything's for sale. We were trying to put these put these in the context that everyone wants EV. And this one's come down, and we said as they come down, if you believe in EV, pick one. We picked that one. We really like it. There's a couple others that we're looking at. But uh, remember, the market's gotten unkind to all the SPACs, except for, by the way, hey, did you see Fisker after we had a Henry Fisker on? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right. After a crazy year full of unprecedented action, we're finally dealing with something normal right here. It's an inflation scare, and you're getting what always happens when it, when stocks go lower as interest rates go higher. Mad tonight. Is it nothing but net when it comes to Arista Networks? I'm going to sit down with the CEO after six years of not being able to see her, and boy, I think they're going to have a great 2021. Then what's working with Workday? Stocks dropping with the rest of the market, but maybe it's a buying opportunity. Don't give up on everything, please. And my exclusive with an under-the-radar winner in the fight against COVID-19 that I really like. I'll reveal the name when I sit down, although I've never sat down since I started the show, with the CEO. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now that so many tech stocks have pulled back hard from their highs, 
We're picking among the rubble to find some incredible buying opportunities, especially ones we can double down on even if they go lower. I like that. For example, last week, we got a stellar quarter from Arista Networks. That's the up-and-coming networking equipment company that's been an excellent performer since it came public in 2014. Now, last Friday, the stock briefly surged to a two-year high of 326 before finishing day at 310. Since then, though, Arista has been hammered, along with the rest of tech. Nothing particular to Arista because it was a great quarter. Pulling back to just under 280 as of today. This is what we're looking for. Does this one belong in your shopping list? Let's take a closer look. It's been a little while with Jay Shree Yulal. She's the president and CEO of Arista Networks. We'll learn more about the quarter and her company's prospects. Ms. Yulal, welcome back to Mad Money. It's great to be back after six years, Jim. Thank you. Well, Jay Shree, since the time I've seen you, you actually dominate in what you call the cloud titans. And to me, I think that this was the quarter which says the spending's back. They don't just spend for one quarter. They spend for multiple quarters. Is this, after turmoil that you you admitted, is this the moment where we have some real visibility in terms of the cloud titans? Oh, boy, that's a loaded question, Jim, like you always ask. (laughs) I think we're at the point where we definitely would say our growth is back. And I would also say we all always get good visibility and we really are a preferred partner with our cloud titans. And, but at this point, I would say we're also looking to diversify our business beyond cloud titans. So the beauty of the quarter, I think, is diversification. We saw ourselves firing on many cylinders, uh, cloud providers, cloud titans, service providers, enterprise and financials. So we're yes. really looking forward to coming back across three segments as well as three product lines, and definitely the cloud titans are a big part of it. Well, it does seem that your infrastructure is much bigger than the cloud titans. I didn't want to include it, but I just, you haven't been on for a while, and people hear it, look, they want to know who does business with Amazon, who does business with Facebook. Even if Facebook declines to uh, under, uh, under double digit, it doesn't matter. It's you. But I like what you're doing with, uh, with Nikesh Aurora what you're doing with Palo Alto Networks. I like these last acquisitions because the acquisitions say that security is something that's an add-on. And you're, you're making the company into something that's far bigger than what people used to say was a white box for Amazon. Clearly much more proprietary. I, I think you hit it on the nail, uh, the nail on the head, uh, Jim. Uh, no one company can, as I've always told you, do everything. And we set out on our first decade to really cloudify. And our next decade is to go beyond Cloudify to really bring cognitive client to cloud networking to all our partners and customers. And what Nikesh is doing with Palo Alto Networks to protect the network, we take very seriously as well. You gotta protect the network, you gotta protect your applications. And each one of us have to do has our responsibility in being best of breed in our functions. So we're gonna do everything we can to protect the network and work with best of breed partners. Okay, let's talk about some things that some people might think are not proprietary, but clearly are for you. Merchant Silicon. You're unrivaled in the leverage of merchant switching silicon. Isn't silicon just something that is fungible that anybody has? No, it's tougher to do than you might think. Um, I grew up in the semiconductor industry, and you probably heard a lot about the semiconductor shortages. Silicon is sand and transistors, but as the geometries are changing, from 100 nanometers to five nanometer silicon. Think of this as smaller than a DNA or a human hair and accumulating so many transistors to build some of the world's most complex chips is really a thing of engineering and art. And we're working with some of the best vendors there, whether it's Broadcom or Intel, to build best of breed merchant silicon. This is an expertise that's too good for, again, just us to do. What we do is to power that silicon with the right programmable software. 
And it's far from proprietary. It's actually standards-based, using the right transistors, the right uh, wafer fabrication facilities, and then the right software that we layer on top of it. At the same time, though, you did uh, you mentioned the shortages and, and you said in the conference call the real issue uh, for the, the entire supply chain. You've got a products with extremely long lead time. And I feel more confident that you're able to get the, the supply than others because you've done a lot more planning. The other guys are doing just in time. You're doing just in case. And that's what I want. Just in case. But where are you in terms of what is now become a national problem? Yeah, this pandemic is, you know, goes beyond our families and friends and health. We've now seen waves of shortages. So I actually thought if you'd asked me this question last year, I was recovering from it. And then we had a second wave in December. And I hope there's not more waves. But what the best we can all do and my management team has been very prudent in planning for the worst cases. And then some of those worst cases have gotten worse. So my belief right now is we're still one or two quarters away from a recovery, assuming there's no more phases. But uh, uh, I think uh, what we've really done with our customers is work with them intimately, plan for the worst case, uh, hope for the best case, and give them the best uh, delivery uh, timelines we can. So I'm hoping by summer this year we can recover better. Okay, now I know we could say, and I don't, for people who uh, are just looking at this talk now, it doesn't really matter the history that you had a bit of a hiccup last year. But, you know, we, we had uh, Jensen Wong on last night. And Jensen came on uh, in part because he had a great quarter, but also to just explain, look, the data center is just is just going to grow and grow very big. And it doesn't matter whether it's Cloud Titan. It doesn't matter who it is. But your your combination of being kind of the, the integral, really integral to the data center, but also integral to what you're now doing uh, with with the wide area network edge and what you're doing with security tells me that I have to feel that 20, I'm not, 2021 can't be in the bag. I understand that because of the pandemic. But this has got to be the best you've felt in a couple of years. I think so. Uh, I'm, as you know, I'm not one for superlatives, and I'm known my, in my reputation to be more conservative. But what Jensen's really getting to is that the heart of the data center is really about centering your data. Now, that sounds really obvious. But centering your data is much, much more complex today because you've got workloads coming from the cloud, from Internet of Things, from enterprises, video workflows, collaboration. The data is plentiful. The data is more of a greater magnitude. I'm on the board of Snowflake than even the applications that carry it. And we in networking, along with Jensen and uh, GPUs and the storage industry, we have a responsibility to carry that data fast and wisely and protect it and predict it and also provide the right analytics and automation for it. So I think uh, the agility of this data and the number of locations of data is really what the data center is becoming. It's not just for the cloud providers alone and the cloud titans, but it's all the distributed data all the way from the client and the user to the cloud. Well, I'm so glad you put that out because I think that I myself have been too limited into think it's kind of dazzling that you have all these great clients, but it's far bigger than that. And I and that wasn't so bad that you dropped Frank Slupin's company, which reports next week, Snowflake, which is another company that is doing incredibly well. You uh, this is your year, Jay Shree. I'll say it. You don't have to. I'll say it for you. I see the setup and I like it. That's Jay Shree Yalal. She's the CEO of Arista Networks. This has been a phenomenal performer over many years. Man Money's back after the break. Could one proud kingpin put in some work for your portfolio? The CEO of Workday joins Kramer fresh off earnings just ahead. You seek the key. 
But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. I keep telling you that growth for the moment has gone out of style in the Wall Street Fashion Show, no matter how good it is, especially the highest flying growth names like the cloud stocks that we've liked so long here. These have been huge winners over the years, and they've been great during the pandemic. But as more people get vaccinated, somehow investors are gravitating only to the reopening place and leaving the rest behind. In many cases, I'm telling you, they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. But how do you tell which cloud stocks could be worth buying on the way down? Take Workday, which helps automate all sorts of back office jobs and finance and human resources. Last night, I reported a big earnings speed on Roughly inline revenue. Management's four-year guidance was on the conservative side because they're conservative, for heaven's sake. In response, the stock got slammed down 2.4%. Not unlike what happened with Salesforce, work, Workday has now fallen close to 40 bucks from its peak earlier this month. So I have to ask, is, is this the buying opportunity we need, or do you have to actually get more cautious, as some would say? Let's check in with Anil Bushri. He's the co-founder and co-CEO of Workday. Get a better read on the quarter and where his company's headed. Mr. Bushri, welcome back to Mad Money. Great to be with you, Jim, as always. Okay, and you know, I'm attacking this head-on, attacking this decline in the stock head-on, because your co-CEO, Mr. Fernandez, says, I am pleased to say that trends continue meaningfully accelerated in Q4 with record pipeline generation across all three regions. In other words, this is the quarter that if you're looking to see how you're going to get huge numbers in 2021, it's now. The stock is not telling you that. The stock is looking at the 10-year Treasury. Wasn't this the quarter where things accelerated? Uh, in Q4, it did. Uh, if I just say taking a step back, the first three quarters during the pandemic were, were challenging. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the vagaries of subscription accounting models are such that that's a lag indicator. Uh, but we accelerate, uh, we expect uh, new bookings growth to accelerate this year. And that is our primary indicator in the way we run the business. So, uh, you know, very excited about where we're headed. And that acceleration. We'll probably take at least a year to show up in subscription accounting numbers just because of the way the model works. But I also look at the logos, and I think that probably I would say one of the top five companies in the world is Nike. Why? Because they're the most they're most direct to consumer in Asia, in Europe and United States. They're the market leader by far. There isn't really even a number two. And you won Nike. How do you get Nike in a pandemic? You know, what's been interesting about the pandemic is that uh, for companies that were in the cloud, they figured out how to how to thrive and adjust to the new world. For companies that weren't in the cloud, they realized that they needed the flexibility, agility, uh, you know, the, the ability to plan instantaneously. They needed those capabilities. And in many ways, for, for companies like Nike that are just such great market-leading companies, by the way, that's run by one of my very close friends and mentors, John Donahoe, they recognize that they, they needed to move move this capability to the cloud. And so um, I think actually digital transformation will come out 
uh, as a faster trend out of, out of the pandemic. There's a company that I happen to like very much. I was initially critical of them because I thought they were part of the bottleneck uh, with COVID, but they weren't. It's a laboratory corporation of America. Now, this is a company that is working 24-7 to solve the pandemic. How did you find time and get their time and be able to be in front of them to win them over during a quarter where they are swamped every second? Well, again, you know, it comes back to the, the flexibility and agility that, that cloud solutions like Workday provide. We've been very fortunate. Uh, we were so happy to have uh, Laboratory Corporation of America become a customer. J&J is a customer, Pfizer is a customer, AstraZeneca is a customer. Um, I just feel honored to be able to support these companies who are doing the best they can to, you know, save our lives and, and uh, are just doing amazing work with the vaccines and testing. So uh, we've, we've always had a, a, a strength in the pharmaceuticals and uh, uh, diagnostics role. And so, it, you know, it's continued. And so couldn't be happier. And we're going to do everything we can to make sure that they're successful because they're, they're taking care of all of us. They sure are. They're a remarkable company. And we use that. It is. It is a great product. You just mail it in. You get the results instantly. Now, there's a company that we happen to be quite fond of that hits the 52-week high list pretty much every week. And I think it's because of internally they've become so good at what they do, which is Caterpillar, which I've always felt was not up to the times and now seems to be at the forefront. What are you doing for Cat? You know, we're, we're doing that same uh, transformation around human capital management and employee engagement. Um, you know, in, in the pandemic, people people were having a harder time. CEOs and CHROs were having a harder time keeping in touch with their employees. They were not in the office. We're, we're, we're such a large part now uh, remote uh, remote working. And uh, and so they felt the need to embrace Workday. They were a, a very loyal PeopleSoft customer when a co-founder, Dave and I, are at PeopleSoft, and so we're just thrilled to have them join join uh, the Workday family. An amazing company, an amazing company that um, you know continues to just uh, do amazing things over so many years. It's 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 hard for companies to be that great for that long. And they're one of those really truly great companies. Well, they're fantastic. Now I got to give you the last minute. This uh, uh, Pecon, you got to tell us what that means because I know we're going to hear a lot about it all year. So coming back to uh, you know what we learned during the pandemic. Employee engagement just rose to the top of every CEO's list, uh, every head of HR's list, and in a in a, in a remote uh, you know work orientation, it was harder to really understand how do employees think about the company they work at, their engagement level, their comfort with their manager, um, are they feeling fulfilled at work? And we were already down the path uh, at Workday with something called Pulse Surveys, but we recognized that this emerging trend was going to be critical going forward, and so said, hey, we've got to get in this market now. The market's happening now. And Pecan is the, you know, is the well-known leader in this category, a UK-based space, UK -based company, an amazing management team. And, uh, you know, we kind of fell in love with the product and the management team, and we made them part of Workday. Uh, they're one of the new generation of companies that's machine learning first, where they, they really use machine learning in the right way to guide, uh, guide decisions and, and really give you insight into how are employees thinking about the company that they're working at and, and how engaged are they at. And that is a super critical uh, set of information that, that's going to drive companies going forward. Well, that's the future. Certainly not just to be able to say, hey, how's everybody doing? That's the old way. That, this is the new way. And Neil, uh, I hope you're enjoying your, your co-CEO role. You look well. It's great to have you back on the show. Uh, I, I will just say Chano's a rock star. 
Yeah, well, he's he led the call. He had all the good stuff at the beginning. He took it from you. Okay, that's Anil Bush. He's co-founder and co-CEO of Workday. And this was a great quarter. And it is going to be a strong year. And Mad Money's back after the break. Coming up, they're helping to power an electric boom in green transportation. Will investors just melt over this performance materials player? Kramer's got the CEO next. All right, right now the market's having a bit of an identity crisis. For most of the week, the reopening stocks soared and COVID winners got hammered. Then today we caught a counter-trend rally where the COVID winners got their groove back, at least for the moment. But what if you didn't have to choose? What if there were a stock that was both a pandemic play and a back-to-normal play? I'm talking about Lidl. That's the specialty materials company that makes thermal insulation, acoustic barriers, and filtration and separation materials, including the ones used in N95 masks. Now, thanks to the personal uh, protective equipment business, this company rallied 46% last year. However, the stock has continued to run because this is the kind of specialty materials company that benefits from a stronger economy. Plus, when Lotto reported an excellent quarter last week, management predicted they keep seeing strong demand, this time for filtration solutions, because we're now looking at a structural shift towards better air quality. Don't take it from me. Let's dig deeper with Sarah. Greenstein, the president and CEO of Lidl, to get a better sense of where her company's headed. Ms. Greenstein, welcome back to Mad Money. Thank you, Jim. Thank you so much for having me back. Okay, so Sarah, during our mass competition that you were kind enough to participate in, what I learned from the foremost expert, I believe, on this entire pandemic, which is Dr. Prather from uh, the University of California, San Diego, that filtration is the issue. Not necessarily touch and, and surfaces, but it's filtration. And then I think of filtration, I think of Lidl. Well, as you should, right? I mean, we came together and COVID really put the spotlight on Lidl, but Lidl has been around for 150 years. And our focus, because of our deep material science expertise, has been on specialty materials and specialty filtration solutions. And today, yes, it's all about PPE and masks, but pre-COVID and long after COVID, it's going to be about how do we improve our indoor and outdoor air quality. And what I could tell you, Jim, is that the demand for higher performing specialty filtration solutions will dwarf the demand that we're seeing today for PPE. So who orders it? Is it a Honeywell doing it for buildings? Is it the individual companies that realize that they've got to fix filtration? Who are the customers? So all of the above, Jim, really. So when you think about, um, you know, last time we talked, we had talked about the capacity expansion that's underway at Lytle. I'm pleased to report that one of those three lines is up and running at full production and sold out for the foreseeable future. Those other two lines will be up and running full production here no later than the beginning of the third quarter. And again, fully sold out with customer contracts. And those customers include, Jim, not only large global PPE makers, but the largest, most respected filtration makers. Because as we think about coming back to work in a post-COVID world, there's estimates out there that say there's about a $3 billion market just to get us back to work and about a $15 billion market to, to ensure that we get all of the buildings up to the new regulations and stricter codes that governments around the world are setting so that we can ensure Going forward, we have the protections that we need against COVID and whatever might come next. In the meantime, we learned that the countries that handled the pandemic best were the countries that had strategic stockpiles of the materials that you make. Are we going to have a strategic stockpile made in America by Lidl under this new president? 
Well, I will tell you that this administration is actively pursuing efforts to ensure that we do. Today, though, we're still working hard to meet the current demand so that all of our frontline essential workers can have the very best armor that they need to protect themselves. And that is N95 respirators and surgical masks that's made in America from materials made in America. And yet we fully anticipate that national stockpiles around the globe, including here in the U.S., will need to rebuild and replenish, which is why we expect strong demand for well-made PPE through at least the end of 2022. Uh, In the meantime, we did not get to speak last time about EV and hybrid solutions. This is something that has captivated Wall Street like nothing I've ever seen. And yet, if you want to know a company that's deeply involved that no one's talking about, it's Lytle. Well, yes, Jim, and you're right. We briefly touched on this last time. And there's been even more announcements coming out, not only here in the U.S., as President Biden has talked about electrifying the federal fleet, but around the world in Europe and China. And Lytle is a deeply embedded partner with almost all of the large global automotive OEMs as they work through this transition from combustion engine to hybrid and ultimately electric vehicles. And you might ask yourself how. Again, it goes back to that deep materials expertise, engineering capability, and manufacturing flexibility. So let's let's break it down. When you think about an electric vehicle, right, you think about heat, heat from batteries. Well, the products that we make help address the thermal runway that needs to be addressed when designing an EV. You might think about all the wires and the technology and the batteries and, and how all of those interact with each other. There's a significant need for improved electromagnetic shielding, which is exactly what our products do. Silence. I'm sure that you've been in an electric vehicle, Jim, right? What do you notice? Oh, There's no the sound. It's the Right, right. Yeah, and, and, and a big part of making sure it stays that way is through acoustical management products. But the single biggest thing that's uh, keeping rapid adoption occurring in EV is the, is the concern around range, right? Right. And all of the products that Lytle makes help with light weighting, which helps increase, increase that range of electric vehicles. So we're working with them every day, and that's why you see us uh, announcing platforms as they come out, and we're really excited about being a big part of supporting that trend. I'm so glad you put it out because the, it is very clear that the winner is going to be the one that has the lightest. It is absolutely. There, there are six of them I'm following, and the one that I'm keying on that is going to win is the one that has the lightest battery because that it's also the fastest charging. I did not know how deep you were involved in this particular aspect, but you're involved in a lot of things. I keep learning every time you're on. Sarah, Sarah Greenstein, President and CEO of Lydol LDL, thanks for all you're doing to make the country safe. Thank, thank you, Jim. Absolutely. We have money's back into the break. Coming up. It is time. Kramer takes your calls. Rapid fire. The lightning round is next. It is time. It's time for the lightning round. What's happening? That's about breath. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Ski dash of the lightning round. Because remember, Nader in New York. Nader. Hey, Jimmy. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call, buddy. Of course. Of course. Doing good. How about you? Good, man. Uh, I was wondering what you think about uh, ticker symbol NK. Nank West. NK that West. is a terrific immune. Every one of these immunotherapy companies, because I believe in them, I think if they have one good drug, gets bought by another major company. So I'm going to say yes, but it's a spec. 
and I'm fine with it. Tom in New York, Tom. Hello, Kramer, and booyah! Glad you're feeling better, by the way. What do you got? Uh, With good earnings and a positive outlook for solar in 2021 and a rock-solid balance sheet, what is your take on Ursula? You know what? I, the stock is rolling over here. I know I totally agree with you that this should be first solar's year, but I'm not going there. And I will go a step further. If I really do want solar, yes, I am going to say I want Elon Musk. Ben in Colorado. Ben. Hi, Jim. Um, if I've learned anything that you've taught me in the last three years, Foley Tresamines align a light solutions uh, feels like great value when I look at the fundamentals, but my professor told me I was a slow learn. So what do you think? Really? Well, slow learn-ish. Well, which one are we, which stock are we talking about? Hello? I feel bad. Ben just trashed himself. Seems like a nice guy. Yeah, don't feel, you're fine. We're all, you know, I, I took that class. I did Bailey too. I, I think I have to go to Jason in Minnesota. I don't know what happened to my friend Ben. Jason. Hey, Jimmy. I'm out walking my dog, and I know you changed your dog's name to NVIDIA. I'm thinking, should I change my dog's name to FICO? Change your dog's name to FICO? I mean, hey, yeah, like FICO, FICO, or like Fair Isaac, which is a good company. I can see. I don't know. I mean, like, I'd rather name, name my dog Paychecks than Fair Isaac. But I, I think you're fine with Fair Isaac. I'm surprised the stock's going down so much because it's a good fintech. But fintech's rolling over. That's what they're doing. They went back to the real bikes. Can I go to Michael in New York? Michael. Hey, Jim. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. You're a tough man to get a hold of. Uh, really? My uh, question for you is uh, ticker. MSGS, Madison Square we Garden. We actually looked Sports. at this thing. It's Dolan's thing, and it's actually worth a great deal. It's probably worth more than the four, six, four, five billion dollars that it is. I think it's a good idea. I can't believe I said that because I, I don't really go there anymore. Stop it! I need to go to Daniel in Florida. Daniel, my brother. Booyah, Jim. How you doing? I'm having a decent day. How about you? Doing well. Doing well. Um. I've been looking at the ticker PLBY. Um, I just want to know what you think about their long-term success and their brand revival. I know PBJ better than I know PLBY. I got to do some work on PLBY. That one is eluding me. Uh, cool name. Let's go to Juan in Nevada. Juan. Hey, is this the chill man? Yeah, this is Chili. Hey, how you doing, Jim? I'm good. I'm taking on everybody. I was on something called hey. Spaces last night. I just, I, I just, I gave everyone a beat down, and that's what I'm going to do all weekend because <laughs> I got some time on my hands. But I'm not stepping on ants. What do you got? Hey, we'll see you on Twitter this weekend, Jim. But hey, right. uh, Action Alert member member here, and happy to see you uh, helping. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, I was a little down hey, there for so a while. Jim. What's up? <laughs> hey, hey, Jim. So this company just reported a solid uh, quarter. Uh, we got solid numbers from them. Uh, we got a share buyback special dividend. You've kind of been hesitant on this company before. Because we're talking rocket mortgage army with that dollar special dividend. Uh, Look, I happen to, I think Jay Farner's terrific. Uh, I don't happen to, I think rates are going up. And so therefore that makes me a little bit biased against, but I listen to Jay. They've done well when rates have gone up. They've done well when rates going down. It's an inexpensive stock and they had a really great quarter. And that, ladies and gentlemen, the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, 
Has the Reddit revolution crossed the Rubicon without a path to profits? Kramer takes you on a rational walk down Wall Street you won't want to miss. Next. Rebels without a cause have become rebels without a clue. That was my first thought when I saw the Reddit revolutionaries blitzing GameStop yesterday. Like, they only have one play? I mean, many of these new buyers embrace what I'm calling the paranoid style in American investing. They think the whole system is rigged against regular people, so they want to smash the tyranny of the hedge funds. When they bid up these meme stocks, they see it as a crusade against a shadowy cabal of elite money men. That's not really true. Sure, Wall Street's absolutely tilted in favor of the rich. That's not some conspiracy. It's just capitalism. Everything's easier in this country when you've got money. I may not like it, and I don't. And periodically, like with William Jennings Bryan in his legendary Cross of Gold speech in 1896, someone tries to do something about it. But the rich will not cede this turf short of a real Bolshevik-style revolution. I got news for you. That ain't going to happen. Don't hold your breath. Here's what gets me, though. The people who came in all at once and bought GameStop furiously at the bell yesterday— they don't really care about the company. They were trying to stick it to the man. The buyers think they can crush short-selling hedge funds, sending the stock flying, like they did last time before it crashed back to earth. They see an insurgent on GameStop's board, this fellow Ryan Cohen from Chewy, and they're betting he can cook up something incredible, something represented by a picture of an ice cream cone that he posted yesterday. Brilliant. If you listen to the Rebels, the last GameStop rally only fizzled because of a handful of bearish hedge funds who were protected by a not-so-ragtag coalition that includes everybody from the U.S. government to the whole financial industry to commentators like me. Yes, indeed, I told you to ring the register on this stock at 350. So now the more extreme Reddit revolutionaries want me to get the Leon Trotsky treatment. That's an all-expenses-paid makeover with an ice axe. Doesn't matter that I've spent decades encouraging people to participate in the stock market. I think it's fabulous that all these younger investors are getting involved via Robinhood. I call them the Merriman. Doesn't matter that I walked away from my hedge fund 20 years ago because I was done working for the rich. I wanted to help regular people who are trying to get rich. That was the point. I've done hundreds of shows, written seven books, penned more than 30,000 articles all in service of that mission. Hey, listen to me. If I wanted to sell out, I just go back to managing money. I'm not a Wall Street stooge, although some would say, including my family, that I am someone who desperately craves public approval, probably because of a deep-seated psychological issue that we don't need to get into right now. Now, look, I thought the original GameStop trade was just brilliant, brilliant. But even a brilliant trade has to end at some point because you don't have a profit until you ring the register. So when I saw that the stock had run from 17 bucks to 350 in a matter of weeks, I did. I did tell you to sell. I wasn't trying to bust the short squeeze. I was simply giving you my honest assessment. I'm going to do it again if it happens. I would do it again. It's insane not to sell something when you're up nearly 2,000%. That is pure hubris. I don't fear the haters. Perhaps it should be the other way around. Now, you've got to take profits when you have something. Something that I have been saying for decades. There's no conspiracy of hedge fund managers here. There's just a disciplined approach to trading. You better start figuring it out. If we put all that aside, what the heck is the point of running the GameStop play again? I mean, last time was set up for the mother of all short squeezes. I like that. I mean, that was cool. But that's no longer the case. All the shorts who sold the stock at much lower levels have been pushed out. The short interest is much lower than it was in January. Listen, I understand wanting to beat the hedge funds. I think that's an unsatisfying way to invest, though. You should be trying to make money for yourself. Because when you make it about fighting someone else, you're just cutting off your nose to spite your face. But it's one thing to stick it to the hedge funds when you've got a great thesis like GameStop six weeks ago. It's another thing to trade that way when there's no thesis. Aside from an enigmatic tweet of an ice cream cone of all things. There. 
I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise you to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you Monday. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.